So good to see everyone out today. We greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We hope today that we can have the words to encourage you. Tracy, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4, and then we're going to flip over uh, and be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But this morning early I was uh, searching, and I was actually up late last night in the Word of God. I was fainting and went to bed, and uh, actually I, I got in the Word as soon as we come back from couples last night, yesterday. We went to the town of Oxford and ate some uh, barbecue and some chicken and uh, walked through the streets and Tana and I went to the store but I couldn't wait. I wanted you to get home. And I wanted to get home and get into the Word thinking about today's service uh, and asking the Lord to give me something to help you today, to encourage you. We're living in a day of time where we are warring and fighting with everything within us to keep our head on, to keep on going on and pressing on. But today, friends, I want you to know, as I was thinking last night about the word, Jeremy, uh, you know, Proverbs says, without vision, you perish. Got to have a goal. Paul, Paul said he set out in a race. He had a goal to, to accomplish. And that goal for Paul was that he could get the gospel, and the letters of the gospel, across to mankind, that there would be hope of salvation in the churches today. And today I want you to know that when you think of yourself in the body of Christ, are you important? Is it important for you to be numbered among uh, God's people? How important is it for you to be faithful? How important is it for you to be at church or to be on Calvary? Well, I hope today to encourage you, to help you identify your spot in the church and your job in the church. But in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, I want to talk today uh, about the unity, the unity of the church, the unity of Christ. And I'm going to read from verse 1, Trace 7, and we're going to jump down. It says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called with all loneliness and gentleness and long suffering with long suffering bearing with one another in love see Paul knew Paul said there's going to be times your patience is going to bear thee there's going to be times you're going to have to bear one another amen now I got news for you if you're in the family of God and you're in the family of the church you're going to learn that it's just like being in a natural family. Amen. Not everybody gets up uh, with smiles on their face at, at the house, you know, and, and, and giggling and grinning. And, uh, my Lord, I I have to give, uh, you know, I, I've got some family members. I have to give them two hours and four cups of coffee before I can even speak to them. Amen. Uh, they're, they're, they're just wow. They're hateful. Amen. Uh, and so everybody's not the same. But now you take me. At 8 or 9 o'clock of the night, after I've got up at 5 that morning, I'm ready for bed. I don't, I'm sorry. I, I ain't in no jolly holly mood. I'm ready to go to bed. I'm looking for my pillow, right, man. Because I'm going to get up early. 
So, but the thing of it is, we're all different, and we got to understand, Amen, that we have to bear with one another. We got to understand that each part of the body is different. So, uh, Paul said, "To walk worthy of the calling which you were called, with loneliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring." to keep the unity of the Spirit in thy bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all, and brought and through all, and in you all. But to each one of us, grace was given according to to the measure of Christ's gift. Not, not your gift, Christ's gift. Therefore he says, when he ascended on high, he led captive, captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now I want you to know something tonight. If you've been given a gift from the Holy Spirit and from God, it will never, ever, never be for your benefit. The gifts that you have and have received from God will be for the edification of the church. It will be, from what I'm trying to get across tonight, uh, there's times that I do not feel, I have been given the gift of playing the piano. I don't know a note of music. I can't look at a book, I can't even tell you what a song's written in. Because God gave me the gift to play the piano, amen. Now, that gift, do I play that, that piano at my house? No, I don't. No, I don't. God gave me that gift for the edification of the church, to help the church rejoice, to help the church sing, to help the church. Uh, uh, so, and, and that's what I say so often uh, in this church. You know, people come and they go. And, and some people, we're not some people's cup of tea. They don't like the way we worship. They don't like the songs we sing. They want more of the contemporary style. And that's okay, <coughs> you know. But as I was saying, that, and Teresa didn't share me, uh, I do, and we do, Tane and I, what we know to do. Amen. And if you can do better, then by all means, step up. The pulpit yours. Come and get in it. But we do what we know to do because God has placed us here. Amen. And God has placed us not, not to, uh, amen, to be magnifying ourselves, but we are to edify the church. We are to help the church along the way. And today I want you to understand, amen. Now listen, let's go on down. Please get me on down there if you would, huh? To, uh, let's go down to about the 16th verse. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective workings by which every part does its share. Now highlight that in your Bible. Are you doing, and I want to ask you today as a church, are you doing your share? Are you doing what God wants you to do? Well, preacher, I just can't think of nothing I can do for a church. I just come in, flop down in the seat, and that's what I do. No, no. Paul says everybody, everybody's got a, 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 a something to attribute. Everybody has something they can give. Everybody, amen, does its share, causes growth, of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Now let me get, let's go over, Amen, and look into Corinthians, Amen, and I want to talk about the word <coughs> unity. 
12 and 12 says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members uh, of that one body, being many, are one body, also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, whether slave or free, uh, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I am not the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not the eye, I am not the, of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now, now listen, here's where I want you to go. This is what I want you to get a hold of. Verse 18. But now, God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as He pleased. Amen? See, I can't pick your job in the church. God does that. God places the members where He wants them. And if they were one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body, and the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Now I realize today, a lot of us, a lot of times, when somebody acts up in church, or, you know, we kind of just get, uh, you know, but that person goes somewhere else. I just don't like that person. That person just gets under my skin. Amen. I just don't like the way they smile at me. I don't like the way they cut me off. I don't like the way they talk. I just don't like. Well, I'm sorry. Amen. But God has placed them in the body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much better. Those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Now, I want you to know this morning, I, I, I thought as I read this, God shows me simple things. But this morning when I went to get in my car, amen, uh, my hands and my head couldn't get there unless my feet took me. And my feet, amen, could not have got me there unless my toes, my phalanges, would work with my feet. You ever seen anybody walk that didn't have toes? They're club-footed. They, they can't hold their balance system. They'll fall without those ten little phalanges, those ten little toes, which nobody never sees them. They're in a sock. They're down in a shoe. But they are necessary to the body. Amen. Now when I got in the car, amen, if, if the head said, you know what, I'm not turning. Nick, I'm not turning for the head. Head, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not moving so the eyes can see. It would have been very difficult to drive the car here. Amen. It would have been very difficult, amen, if my feet said, you know what, I ain't participating today. I'm not, I, I didn't want to come. I didn't want to come, so I, therefore I'm not mashing the brake and I'm not pushing the gas pedal. Well, could I have got here? Yeah, I could have. I could have. But what I would have had to done, Brother Ricky, I would have tried to hold, hold the steering wheel and got down with my hand to work the lever. I could have got here, but it would have been much more difficult. And if my eyes said, I'm not, I'm not opening, I'm not opening, what would it have done? It would have caused the rest of my body to not got to church today. If my neck said, I'm not turning. I'm not turning to look. It would have jeopardized my body in the stop sign. 
See, what I'm trying to get across to you today is how important it is for us to come to church. How important it is, amen, for us to do our part. See, there's some, amen, that do not play the piano, but they can sing. There's some that can't sing, but they can pray. Some that can't pray, amen, they can smile. They can let somebody know, I'm glad you're here today. I'm glad you're here, amen. There is no excuse for us sitting home on the couch. <coughs> when the church doors are open, there's a need for you, amen. There's a need for the body. There's a need to come, amen. And, 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 and I've been preaching here for years now on this thought. Why do people come and say, I never got nothing out of the service? Well, what did you put in? Was you supposed to got anything? Or was you supposed to come and offer something for God's use and for God's service? Amen. What are you talking about today? Listen, it's so critical. You know, you know, I really did not desire, I, I'm honest as the day is on, I did not desire to be a pastor. I would tell you, I, I struggled with it. I wanted to be a piano player. I wanted to travel. I loved traveling. Uh, I loved evangelizing. I didn't choose to be a pastor. I didn't want to be a pastor. But it's what God wanted me to do. Amen. God wanted me to sit down and pastor. Amen. So what he told us, little girl, you do what I want you to do, I'll let you play the piano. I don't get to play the piano on the radio no more. I don't get to play the piano touring, but I can still get to play the piano. But God, because I'm doing what God wants me to do. Amen. And I have peace with it. I have peace with it. So today what I'm trying to get you to understand, amen, in the unity of the body. This body of Christ has to have unity. It needs you, no matter how much the devil tells you you're unworthy, you're worthless, you don't do nothing, you don't accomplish nothing, you don't do Listen, we need more prayer warriors than we do anything. We need people to come and pray the anointing down. Because when the anointing comes, the Bible says the anointing breaks the yoke on people's lives. I can't pray and do the preaching at the same time. I can't pray and do the singing and play the piano at the same time. So I need people to come and while we are singing, while we are worshiping, just praying for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I never will forget, I, 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 it might have been D.O. Louie, it was one of the well-known <coughs> evangelists back in the days that would hold 10 revivals. And they said that people would come from everywhere getting saved. And it, it got, there were so many that it attracted the news, the media. So the media come on Sunday in service and they was just admiring. What, what is so different about this man? He don't sound no different. He really don't sound any different than any of the other preachers. Why is people driving for miles to hear him? And, 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 and not only are they coming for miles to hear him, and the news media was confused and they said, why are people going to the altars? I mean, we don't hear no spectacular message. Why, why, what's going on in this picture? What's going on? Why is the people being saved? So they come up after the service and they said, can we interview you? We're from so-and-so news. And he said, sure. And they said, you know, we, we really don't understand. We, we can't comprehend why that people are coming so far. And they said, well, I'll do respect to you. We didn't find anything wrong with you preaching, but we didn't find anything spectacular either. Not that, uh, you know, that people are driving so far to come to hear you. What's going on? I mean, what, what, what do you have what are you doing that's causing these people to be saved like this? And he said, nothing. They said, well, obviously, it's something. 
He said, it ain't anything, I'm doing. They said, well, what are you talking about? He said, come and go with me. I'll show you what makes it different in my revival. And he went behind the, the tent, and in this little old boxed in area that had curtains all the way around it, there were some little old sainted mothers back there on their knees. And he says, with all due respect, he said, they're the ones that's doing all the praying. They are the ones who's changing the effects of this service. He said, there's nothing I'm doing. He said, it is them who is praying for the anointing to come down in the services. It is them who, who dedicate their lives and come early and leave late. It is them who has committed to being out of the picture, being unseen, being back there where nobody even knows they're there. See, that's, that's a heart after God. That's a heart that's saying, Lord, not just only mine, but save the world. Save the souls that are nearest to hell. God, send them, draw them. And, and, and see, the prayers are probably today we want to be noticed for everything. You know, I, I, you know this is crazy. But y'all know I'm crazy anyway, right? But the other night, I, I, you know, I looked down at my toenails and I said, hey, you guys got to be trimmed up. <laughs> yeah, I said, y'all don't look like man. I've been wearing them crocs, and I said, hey, y'all got dirt under you. Y'all don't get it. I ain't got to soak you or cut you or something. You don't look right. So I go in there to the vanity, and I put my foot up on that vanity, and I get the slippers, and I just talk to them. Why? So nobody talks to them. Nobody ever acknowledges them. Nobody ever notices them, amen? I stick them down in the shoe. You know, they, nobody ever told me. I don't understand why. Nobody ain't never told me, you got pretty cats. <laughs> I don't even tell them they're pretty. Do you ever tell your toes they're pretty? But do you ever think about what, what, what would you be without them? They die out. What would you be without them? Amen. You know, I was talking to mom the other day. Her feelings didn't mean to. Didn't mean to hurt my mommy. We was doing something, and I said, Good heavens, mommy, your ears are long. Oh, I messed up. She said, What are you talking about? I said, Mommy, I never noticed your ears being that big. I said, you got ears bigger than a man. What? You want me to sit So she, she asked my dad. She asked my dad. She said, Roger, you got ears big? You know, my poor old daddy just looked over and said, well, yeah, I guess they are. She said, how come nobody ever told me my ears were big? You see what I'm saying now? But mom didn't go in there because she didn't go in and say, okay, God, I cut you all off. I don't like big ears, so I'm not going to have them. Huh? I'm not going to have that. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to have my ears bigger than the other women, so I'm just not going to. No, you can't do that. What I'm trying to explain to you today is the necessity of you in the church. Whether you feel like you did it or not. Whether you think you're in for it or not, it's important that you get yourself out of bed in the morning, especially when we have a church, and say, you know, I need to be there. I need to add something to this service. I need to be part of this service. Amen. I need to be. And, and listen, you know what? You might be amazed at what God can do through you and, and helping and being in you. 
You know why that a lot of us don't get the more spiritual gifts that we get? Because we won't use them for His glory. We use them for ours. We want, we want to sing, but will we come every service and sing? If we give you the talent to play the guitar, would you come and play? No. I've been saying that. I've been there too many times. Well, I know, but there's better guitar players there than me. What's that got to do with it? God gives you the talent to make a joyful noise with that guitar. Why don't you show up? Why don't you show up to play the drums? Why don't you show up to play the bass guitar? If God has given you something to do, do it with the best of your ability. Amen? The other day, she, uh, Samantha was back there running the soundboard. And I thought, oh, is this kid know what it's doing? I mean, she was just jerking wires, plugging wires, pulling wires, and I thought, Hmm. I mean, I'm being honest with you. I, I didn't know how myself where to put them wires. I thought, I hope she was what she's doing. But I don't know where to put them wires back. But we needed her at that moment. We needed her, amen. She was doing wonderful. And I thought, wow. Listen, we need people in the nursery. We need people in the nursery so this mommy can come, amen, and set her and be fed and enjoy and have a break in the world. Well, I know, preacher, but I, 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 I just, I, you know, I just ain't good with kids. Try it. Amen? Find a job and a service. Come to serve. You know what the whole purpose of foot washing was? To serve. And, and, and by the way, you know, we get, we're about doing one. We're about getting ready to have communion and do a foot wash. But let me explain something to you about foot washing. Nobody wants to wash somebody's thing to feet. But Jesus got down that day to show that he was a servant. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve. And we need to take that minute out. And you know, you know why a lot of us ain't happy? That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, happy are you if you do these things. Happy are you. In other words, when you put your flesh under submission, when you put your flesh under, and say, you will do this, We'll do this. I don't even ask myself anymore. I don't ask myself Saturday night, we'll go, you want to go somewhere tomorrow and not go to church? Would you like to? No, I don't ask myself. I, myself knows you're going to church tomorrow. See, my daddy taught me that when I was at home. Daddy told me, Sister Lamar, I never would forget it when I was about 17. You know, I kind of got a little bit, you know, Dad, I don't think I ought to have to go to church. Dad said, let me tell you something, son. You live under my roof, you will. Be at church on Sunday morning. I don't care if you want to lay out to 5 o'clock at night and watch movies, whatever you want to do. But come 9 o'clock, you'll drag out of that bed and you will go to church. As long as you live in my house, you will go to church on Sunday morning. Whether I want to or not. So see, I, I, I was trained. The Bible says bring up a child in the way you have him go. I was trained that you don't miss church on Sunday. And you know, the reason that we have our weekly night Bible studies is I don't think it's hard for us to take one hour of a day, one hour, and study the Word. Would you do it on your own? If you do it on your own, fine, then my hat's off to you. Do it. But God told me to help you do it. God told me to quit telling you to do it and start helping you do it. Now, it ain't easy. It's not easy for me to be here every night. Sometimes the flesh says, you know, this crowd just really feels good to see. You know? But I say, I'm sorry. You ain't, you're no longer yours. You've been bought with a price. You have become a servant of Jesus Christ now. 
and he needs you down the hand of the Pope at seven o'clock to get up. And you know how I got that? You know how I got that strength to overcome that flesh? By staying in the Word. The Word helps you become more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who strengthens you. I told a man the other day, he said, Preacher, I just can't I just can't seem to get over this. I just seem I can't, you know, I said, how much water are you reading? Well, I, you know, I, I don't know, preacher, why? I said, because it's, it's critical, it's crucial. How much water are you reading in you? How much are you feeding the inner man versus the outer man? Does the outer man always, you know, does he always keep his way? Does he, but, so what I'm trying to get you to understand, the church body has kind of had a stroke. Members don't want to work, don't want to participate. So you have to drag them all the time. Amen. But that body can't function right. Oh, I can drive a car with one hand, but it's so much easier with the other one to pull it in the ear. So I want you to understand today how important it is in the body of Christ that you be faithful. That you be faithful to attend. I miss you when you ain't here. Other people look and say, you know, I wonder where so-and-so is. I mean, what the devil begins to tell lies and say, they're not. I'm going to be honest with you. He told me this morning, he said, why don't you stop this foolishness? Won't you go to a church where you can just be, you know, enjoying the singing, enjoying the church, and not be responsible for another? You know, he tells me that about every day. Every day. And I have to tell him my resistor said to get behind me. Get behind me. I have a job here to do, and I want to do it to the best of my ability. Amen. I need you to do the same thing. And come and give us a song this morning. You might not feel that you have a purpose. You might not feel that you have a job. But we are in great difficulty. People that will dedicate themselves to prayer. People that, uh, you know, when Brother Jason is teaching Sunday school, I'm going to tell you something. He needs prayer. Amen. He needs prayer. we got people that, that are trying and they're working hard. They're doing what they know to do. And, 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 and the, the majority of the church are Well, I'll show up when I can. I'll up when I feel like it. Under, you know, really and truly, I wonder what kind of church we have. If the pastor said, I'll be there when I feel like I got the for you. I can now. I wouldn't be here half the time, but if I have time, I don't feel like it. Amen. Well, why don't you feel like it, Richard? Because the devil sits in on and attacks me. And he beats me down. And he tries to, because he doesn't want my services to be offered to the other brothers and sisters. Amen. But I have to say, greater is he that lives in me than he that is in the world. Lord, give me strength today. Give me strength and courage. I'm going to your house. If I don't do anything else, God, if I can't preach the Bible message, then I'll play the piano. If I can't play the piano, then I'll work it. You know, seriously, and I'm not saying this for a pat on the back. God knows my heart on mine. But you know, I will not miss on Tuesday nights going to Grace Ministries. And I don't do a thing up there. I don't sing, I don't play, I don't preach, I don't teach. But I go for one sole purpose for the Ricky. 
and that is to get on my knees behind those people and pray with them. I'm not there to be recognized. I'm not there to be seen. I'm there because those, those children that are hooked on drugs, uh, the Bible says these kind of spirits come out of them by prayer and fasting. Amen. Prayer and fasting. So, well, I really would like to help them. Would you? Do you? Would you? Would you really? Or is that just, you know, does that just sound good? People <coughs> come to me and tell me all the time, you know, people say, well, you know, the Lord wants me to do this. He said, no, he don't. It sounds good. It sounds good. But it, no, it, there's no truth in it. There's no word in it. Amen. But today, when we really want to make a, a difference, when we really want to do something, let's do it. Amen. And, and like I, I told Brother Jamie, and I, I, I said, listen, you know, he, he wants to call on me for different things. Pastor said, we do this. I said, Jamie, I, I didn't come to do this. some of these other brothers do that. I come just to simply be quiet and pray and jump the judges. Amen. Harvest is plenty. But you said ain't no workers. Mm-hmm. Ain't no workers. The harvest is plenty. But the workers are few. Nobody wants to be a worker no more for the Lord. No, I don't want that. I don't want to work. I don't want to work. I just like to go and feel the, the blessings, you know. And I, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. I love when Tana fixes a big meal at the house. You know? And I walk in and say, but then, uh, you know, Sometimes I get conviction. I say, you know, I've got to do the dishes for her. She, 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 cleaning, working, cooking, and stuff. But it's so much easier, Tracy, just to eat that meal and just say, you know, I'm going to lay down, kind of clean the kitchen up. You know, I remember the day. Of course, times has changed, but I can remember Sister Lamont. I was in a big family on both sides, we, and we had to go to both grandmothers. Uh, we went to my my dad's mom's day uh, after Sunday school, and we went also to mom's side before church started. And both <coughs> families, both families, my grandmother would do the cooking, but all the daughter-in-laws would jump right in and they'd clean the kitchen up. They cleaned up where she never had to clean nothing up. And I thought that was so respectful. Amen. She didn't mind to cook, but my Lord, can you imagine? To, uh, trying to clean up a kitchen, clean up that many plates. My grandmother Kirk, listen to this. My dad said every day of her life, every day, she set 45 plates a day on the table by herself. 45 plates a day. He said there was 15 in their family, and she cooked three meals a day. And she done cleaning up, washing the dishes, and getting it ready for the next meal. He said 40. And he said that was just in our family. He said a lot of times dad had work hands that worked on sawmills. They come in and meet. Sometimes they ate 10 of them. She never complained. She never complained. She never said, you know, I ain't doing this today. I'm not doing this. You just go on to the I'm not cooking today. I'm not doing Dad said, never, never heard her say that. Never. Imagine, imagine sitting 40 and I plant today and food on the table. That was a job, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and Dad, Dad told me this. He said, Mama never knew what it was to be entertained. He said she never turned the television on. I said, well, no wonder, Daddy, she didn't have time. He said, no, she didn't. He said, when Mommy got up in the morning, she was the first one. She would put candle in the stove, get the cook stove, cooking, getting ready to get hot. 
she started making biscuits and she started getting gravy and stuff. Right? And, and, and he said, Mommy, never sit down until she sit down on the bed of the night to take her shoes off. Sometimes she had to sit down. She was a servant. She was a servant. What if it got tough? So some of you mommy, think about that. I said, who milked the cows, Daddy? She said, he said, she did. Four daylight in the morning. I said, who washed the clothes? He said, she did. When she got a break. And he said, I had, and listen to this. He said, and we didn't have a washing machine and dryer. He said, I packed water from the creek for Mommy and, she, and heated in a, in a big old pot out there. And, and every chance she got, she'd go out there and went to scrub board. She'd wash her clothes on the scrub board. And then she, she'd hang them up and run back into the house to check the beans to make sure they wasn't burning. Imagine that. Imagine that. So that was what she was happy, wasn't she? All the time. All the time. Every time our family met. Like I said, there was there was 13 children, not counting the in-laws and the grandbabies. And you know, I never remember a time that she said, you know, I wish y'all wouldn't come. I really wish y'all wouldn't be here. I'm really wore out. Never, 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 never. Always with a smile. A servant's heart. She had a servant's heart. Would to God that we could do that spiritually in the house of God. And that's how tired we are. Just smile and say, it's good to see you today. Here, take my seat. Amen. I believe our churches would grow more if we would. Yeah. I believe our churches would grow more if we would love more and not cry and complain and moan. Sing a song tonight. Love you today. Hopefully, I've said something that will encourage you. So, I want to keep on, keep it on, for Jesus.